Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. And it's Josh. It is Tuesday, December 19th. Dang. Our last pod before our Christmas break. Yeah, but then maybe we might do a Friday special one, which would come out after, or I don't know how time... No, I guess it would still be the same year, but after Christmas. Never overthink... Yeah. Getting in pods early because it's always confusing. I know. Well, even that day is going to be confusing because technically I'm working a half day, which is debatable. Like, it's like, is that 1130 or is that noon? Or is like, what is a half of a day? You got to get out of there as early as you can. I know. So we can watch another movie. But they don't know that. We don't need to tell them that. Don't tell them that. It's about a family emergency in a way. You're like family to me in a way. At like (laughs) 1030, can't you just be like... 1030, what? I got to go to the washroom. I, I start at 8.30. That's like two hours. And I mean, yeah, two hours of me is equal to eight hours of the average guy, obviously. But no, nah, I don't know. We'll see. I think I can pull that one off. And, and there's, I mean, it'll shock you to know there's mostly not that many people on the, you know, 22nd and the week after, like the week of Christmas, it's like a ghost town. Yeah. It's like the last day of school before the holiday break when in each class you're just watching Christmas specials on VHS or whatever. Yeah, and you're not wrong in assuming that not that much work is coming in because there's not that many people there requesting the work. You never, like in theory, there could be some crazy important thing. But yeah, obviously it's, I mean, I bring my Bluetooth speaker in and play like some Christmas mixes and like, I don't know, it's a chill vibe usually. But in theory, you're just kind of waiting for stuff to happen, I guess. Just playing a bunch of old weird Saturday morning cartoon commercials from our holiday editions and stuff like that. I could do that. You know, it it lends itself well to that. And I can set up a little, some sort of tablet type area that's playing cartoons or something. I don't know. So we had a screening of The Bishop's Wife in for the holiday season. I had never seen it. Really weird because it's very, it's a wonderful life. And it came out a year later. Hmm. So much so that there's an angel in it. It's about a guy losing faith in himself and the little girl who's the daughter in it's a wonderful life was the big line at the end of the movie zuzu zuzu she's the daughter in this movie too oh come on now and the kid who plays young george bailey is in this movie too oh my god is mr potter in it no i wish but it's weird because it's a wonderful life was not a big hit movie yeah so it's weird that they would deep impact armageddon it I don't even, what, like, but I assume it wasn't on purpose. Yeah, they probably already had it rolling before they could be like, wait, people don't like Christmas movies anymore. Is one of them based on a book? They both might be based on books. I am guilty of not knowing that. It seemed like, I mean, the I was going to say The Butcher's Wife. I, that's not even the right title, but, or is it? Was it called The Butcher's Wife? The Butcher's Wife? Yeah, the movie, you were, The Bishop's Wife. The Bishop's Wife. wife. Yeah, why, why did you seem like what I said made no sense at all? Like, so it's confused. the same title. I thought it was a different Christmas oh, movie. Oh, Lord. Yeah. No wonder people don't remember this one. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it looked fun. I'm I, not going to lie. I kind of completely forgot about it between podcasts. But, I, you know, it seemed like it was going to be a good time. What was neat is we had a weekday matinee. And sometimes for those, we have a real good senior turnout. Mm-hmm. We're surrounded by old folks' homes. <laughs> In the Glebe, there's a couple. Often, that's a good draw to get a bunch of folks out to see movies that they saw years ago. And as... A bunch of them were coming in. I overheard some talking, and one old fella was saying he just had his 91st birthday. Damn. And he was a good 91. He was like a Dick Van Dyke 91. Like He (laughs) he was spry and all there. And I leaned out, and I said, oh, we, the Mayfair, just had our 91st birthday, and we were talking about that for a little bit. 
And then one of the ladies said that her mom worked here in 1945. Dang. My first reaction, I've heard that a couple times from folks, is, do you have any photos? And she wasn't sure, but she's going to look. She thought there might be a chance that there was a photo. Because we have no photos of such things. No. The only photos we have are the ones that are in our slideshow, which is one of a trolley car, one just down the street, and it's a line of cool old cars, and you can see the building in the background, and one of our marquee when we were kind of an adult cinema, and there's racy movies on the marquee. Yeah, and we've got that one before Shoppers existed that yeah, has like all the news boxes weird. that don't exist anymore. I mean, that's not even that long ago, but still, that is weird that there's just this blank space where Shoppers is now, but... Yeah. I just think about it where my friends and I lived here in high school. We were here at least once a week and usually more. And it makes the 90s sound like the 30s. Yeah. But we just weren't all carrying around cameras. It wasn't a thing. You carried around a camera if you were going to a wedding or Disney World. Nowadays, when people come to see Rocky Horror or cartoons or are just... I see people taking pictures of the marquee because it's their favorite movie or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, we have no photos of the Mayfair. And I would love to get a shot of some young lady working here in 1945 selling popcorn. Yeah, no, that would be. And there wasn't a lot going on in 1945 as far as I am aware. <laughs> so probably a lot of photos available. Nothing there. else to take pictures of. No, no, nothing weird happening then. But I feel like we're going to get a trove one of these days. It's bound to happen that, I mean, not, you know, I don't want to say it bleakly, but when people pass away, yeah. you know, maybe stuff will turn up. Not that we want that to happen. And then we screened It's a Wonderful Life, which we're doing again tonight. Mm. It'll be in the past by the time you listen to this pod. But Isn't it always? It did so well. And it's, it's the ongoing issue with we're not built for success is that our patrons are savvy. So a lot of them get here early. We actually opened up doors a little bit early just because of timing. So people were coming in at 520 for the six o'clock show. And they were getting their couches. They were getting their popcorn. There was a nice little trickle of people in, but I was concerned because I was like, wait a minute, we pre-sold 80 tickets and I haven't zapped that many tickets. Yeah. And not exaggerating this in the least, at 5.55, a bunch of people popped out of nowhere and there was a lineup out the door. <laughs> we hold the movie five minutes and we got most people in, but there were still some people in line for popcorn, but I kind of don't feel too bad about those folks because it was like, well, you showed up at... 602 for a six o'clock movie but i think the multiplexes are to blame because a lot of people might be coming here who aren't regulars to see something cool like it's a wonderful life and they're used to 20 minutes of coke ads and car ads and amazon tv ads mm -hmm. and then they get here and we've got three trailers and then it goes to the movie so you've got maybe maybe a seven minute buffering but sometimes less sometimes yeah. like four or five minutes so it all went well, but just I'm always laughing at that where it's going well, it's okay, we're handling the crowd, and then at five minutes two, it's an onslaught. Yeah, and I mean, I'm assuming majority of those people have seen the movie before. Yeah, so it's not be okay. Uh, no, not that big a deal, but still, yeah, no, that's I usually factor in. I'm like at most I'll have ten minutes, but I mean, that's I usually try to get here before uh, doors, anyways. But you know, yeah. And no one ever complains, which is nice. Like, when we start a movie five minutes late, no one's ever like, why isn't the movie starting? I think people get that it's because 
we still got a lineup at the candy bar. Yeah. But it's just that last little five minutes. If you don't want that lineup, show up 10 minutes early and you won't get it. I raced here to get here pre-doors for Don't Open Till Christmas. Oh, yeah. And then the first 10 minutes of Doors Open, it was just me in the theater alone. That didn't go so well. Yeah. and then But like more people came. But it was just like, I mean, I didn't think it would be packed, but... It's funny because like when I had come for, uh, well, I didn't make it to the Warriors, came for cinema before the Warriors and like it was quite full and, you know, so you're like, you know, you can't compare movies like that. But it was funny because like then for cinema, you're like, oh, geez, is this going to affect the turnout for that? But it almost felt like there was more for cinema than there was for Don't Open Till Christmas. Oh, there was plenty more for cinema. Okay, good, good. Yeah. I'm not good with estimating those things. No, there was, (laughs) if I remember correctly, I think there was... Not to hurt anyone's feelings at the Don't Open Till Christmas distributor, but I think there was 10 people. No. I think there was 10 people for oh, Don't Open Till Christmas. Not there might have been me. more because there might have been some, you know, staff and yourself and other people Dang. who got in for free. Oh, boy. But then cinema was like 75 people. Okay. Hey, so, that's... yeah. God, I'm I'm terrible with this. Like, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I know Andrew keeps the numbers and stuff, but like, I don't. I knew it felt like there was more, but yeah. I would have told you there was at least 20 people at Don't Open Till Christmas. But again, I'm not good. This time of year is tough because everyone's busy and has parties to go to or is even at this time of year, it's a little early, but some are out of town already or you're, I don't know, are the university kids out yet studying for exams, all Uh, that kind of stuff. I don't know, but there's a lot of stuff going on. So right now we're screening a couple of highly acclaimed French films and some weird stuff like don't open till Christmas, and none of them are, to be honest, doing that great. <laughs> what? But oh, man. then it's you factor in It's a Wonderful Life does great, and yeah. cinema does great, and we got Gremlins coming up, which mm. almost always does great. So a friend of mine who works in, she has a cupcake shop. I've mentioned it a few times before, Thimble Cakes, shout out to them. We've chatted about that, where it's like, yeah, like when you're in a certain kind of business, you're scraping along to get to valentine's yeah and you're scraping along to get to christmas because you know you might have a little bit of a slow time and then just a boom for or even for her like i guess summertime is kind of like more wedding season so she sells lots of cakes and stuff and it's kind of like that for us where we've had a very good month but we've had five or six days that were pretty bad but it counters because the good days were really good and those 150 people who came for It's a Wonderful Life, a bunch bought memberships, a bunch bought gift cards. Seemingly every single one of them bought a popcorn and a drink. Mm-hmm. So that helps out on that scale where you just know that sometimes you're going to have a bad night, but you counter. I fantasize about the good old days of the 1940s and 50s when every single night at a cinema was a couple hundred people. Yeah, And that's how it was back then. Yeah, my friend came for a cinema and he was trying to buy me, you know, he had a couple of beverages at Quinn's first, yeah, but yeah. he kept trying to buy me a popcorn. And I was like, <laughs> that's the one thing I get to have here. Like, you don't need to do that. And he's like, no, you also get into the movies. And I was like, okay, yes, it's not the only specific thing. And then in retrospect, when I was sitting in the theater, I was like, why didn't I have him buy me chocolate? Yeah. Like he was all, he had his card and he was, I was kicking myself the rest of the night. I was like, he was in a perfect spot to get me some gloss sets or something. And I yeah. totally blew it. Blew it. You blew supporting our cinema. I know. And I thought of that too. I was like, I, maybe I should have had him pay for the popcorn because then it, like I kind of took money away from the <laughs> cinema. But so, and he kept chatting up the candy bar kids. And yeah. And like, 
But I texted him. I was like, okay, doors are open, but speech in like 33 minutes. And then I was like, okay, speech in five minutes because he still wasn't there somehow. I don't know how he pulled that off. So he got there, and then he was the only one in the candy bar line, and he was talking to them. And I don't even know about what, but just like random something. And then I was like, buddy, I'm literally supposed to be doing this speech right now. I put this on hold for you. And we were doing kind of some banter and whatever. And like, Maybe he was just killing it in the candy bar line. He thought he was, but I couldn't tell if they were comfortable or if he was being like, you know, annoying. I'm not saying that he was being annoying, but it just that I've had to save candy bar people or just people before from like people talking too much. Again, not saying my friend was. He's as best. long as he walked out of there with a big armful of candy, yeah. I'm fine with that. It was okay. And he's, he keeps hitting me up to demand to know how Gremlins pre-sales are doing. Oh, yeah. Because he's terrified that he won't get a ticket. And so uh, I was like, you know, it's two shows, right? And he yeah. did not know it was two shows. So. <laughs> but I assume like the 23rd is like the one, the marquee one, you know, because that's like pre-Christmas. I'm hoping they're both successful, yes. but very unlikely that both will be sold out that'd be an amazing christmas miracle yeah but uh yeah he'll be fine yeah i never i I forgot i didn't tell him that i had asked you but i didn't tell him and then so he texted me on my way here and i was like (laughs) didn't i tell you i was like oh no i just got the information and said nothing so the other funny thing is we had a rental in and it was so funny because i worked both these rentals and it was complete opposite i was fine working them both solo but one was 50 kids having a birthday party Mm mm-hmm but I knew that the candy bar wasn't going to be busy because they had asked if they could bring in a bunch of stuff, which we charge an extra fee for because we know we're not going to be selling any candy. Yeah. And they were cool with that. They paid that fee. So they brought in, it was epic. It was cake and pizza and everything. I hoped you were going to say pizza. And they were lovely folks who went out of their way to clean up after them. Nice. And But, you know, not to sound genderist about little girls versus little boys, but 50 little girls running up and down the aisles, all screaming. It either sounded like they were having a great time or something horrible was happening. Yeah, it sounded like don't open till Christmas in there. It was so loud. And the parents were very funny and they agreed with my assessment that it sounded like chaos in there. But so there was that. The following rental was two people hmm. and it was a young lady surprising her boyfriend, I think for his birthday, with his favorite movie. So it went from complete anarchy and chaos to two people. It was really great because I'm always so curious how people pull off a surprise. She said, we're going to a movie at the multiplex and then played dumb and went, oh no, I forgot. It's actually at the Mayfair. So as he was walking over here from the multiplex, she got everything set up, got him popcorn, got him drinks. Wait, so he showed up alone at the multiplex when she showed up here alone? Yeah, and okay. then that was part of the shtick to gotcha. kind of throw him off. Uh, and she it was like, oh, I'm so stupid. I yeah, didn't. I guess so <laughs> Guess so. he wouldn't research in advance or look okay. at what was playing at the Mayfair, you know? And it <laughs> but totally worked. it was a worked. private rental, though. It totally worked. No, because then he showed up and he thought it was going to be a movie at the Mayfair. I see. Walked in and I was up in the projection booth getting ready to go. And I heard him being like, confused like what's going on because it was like wait it is at the multiplex my bad (laughs) you gotta walk back there now but i started up the movie and the opening logo pops up and his reaction was just so lovely it was an audible gasp and joyful confusion like what 
What? Tell me it was the 20th Century Fox logo, because, like... It was the Warner Brothers logo. Okay. Because I'm like, it had to be one where, like, you know from the logo that it's, like, a cool thing's coming, you know? I'll just say that it's a Danny Villeneuve sci-fi movie that everyone really liked that has a sequel coming out soon. Oh, nice. Arrival. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What's it? Blade Runner Blade Runner, yeah. Yes. Blade Runner 3. But it was just great. It was so nice. He was so thrilled. There was something about it where he had never seen it on the big screen due to COVID and all this kind of stuff. It was so much fun. And so it's things like that where you really get this sense in both those rentals and in It's a Wonderful Life and in The Bishop's Wife where people were thanking us as they left of like, wow, it's so great to see that movie. Where it sounds hokey, but you really are like, oh, wow, this is a special place where we can pull off fun things for people that are memorable. And the young lady who pulled off the surprise was like, oh, thank you so much, and this is so great, and I hadn't been here a lot before, and I'm totally going to come back. And I'm like, yeah, come back next time just for a normal movie. It'll be way cheaper for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I also find it adorable that his favorite movie came out two years ago. I yeah. always find that. Obviously, a person that's much younger than me, but still. like, I always find that. I don't question people with that. I'm just always like impressed or like kind of, I don't know. I think it's cool, but it, it does catch me off guard. It, it happens with music, too. It's like, oh, that's my favorite album. And it's like, it came out a year ago. Like, your favorite album of all time just came out. Not to say that doesn't happen, because it totally does. But it's yeah. just like... I always like that because when you or I, t- I mean, geez, this just makes us sound super old, but like, <laughs> you know, like our favorite movies are, you know, you often think when someone's favorite movie is from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. 2000s even, you know, and then they're like, oh yeah, my favorite movie is, I don't even know, like. Well, <laughs> I bet you there's a lot of people whose favorite movie is Barbie now. True. And for me, if you would have said two or three years after Army of Darkness or Scott Pilgrim, those would have been right up there, you yeah. know, so. But yeah, so anyhow, that was a lot of fun. Rentals are always good for that kind of thing. And, and they're good for business because at the kid's birthday party, a bunch of the parents were like, this is really great. We're going to do this for our kid because mm-hmm. it's a good thing I've heard from parents where it's, he got them all in one place. The doors are closed. If you're doing a birthday party in the park or something, those kids are free range. Yeah. They could go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's and it's nice that they have a crew wrangling them, so you don't exactly. have to care you got, about you got stuff. eight or ten parents there to kind of because I've heard somebody told me some kids did a party at what I call the dinosaur museum, the museum of nature. Yeah, and they do private events like that. Might have been somebody when I was doing a gig there was telling me that they've had kids parties there. <laughs> that is just chaos, and you're like, get off that dinosaur, put down that artifact. Yeah, like, how do you not get on the dinosaur, though? I mean, I would. <laughs> even even now at 41, I feel like it would be hard to stop me from getting on if that I'm dinosaur. I'm doing a party there. I get to go on the dinosaur. There was a place called the Turtle Shop in the little uh, village that I was from. And they I, it was just like, I don't know, tchotchkes and whatever they ate. And I, I think they had ice cream, most importantly. But mm. And also they had those sticks, the like licorice sticks of all the different flavors. You know, like those. Oh, yeah. Sti- yeah, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. People, yeah. Who, people who know what I mean know what I mean. But anyway, but they had so out front, they had like two or three turtles. I don't know if it was like concrete or whatever, but they were all painted up and they were just like big turtles and you got on them and that was just the thing. And as a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, I'm on the turtles. I don't think it exists anymore, but it's these things that are, you know, lost to time now. And I think about like, obviously dinosaurs are a little better than turtles, Uh but still like, it's just, I don't know. I don't think you ever lose that interest in climbing on top of some sort of concrete animal. Despite being a kid and wanting to go to Disney World, Sometimes a kid can be very easily entertained. And you look back at stuff like that and you're like, living the dream, yeah. sitting on the back of a turtle. Yeah. Or like your mom putting a quarter in one of those little mini vehicle rides. Yeah. And for 
what, 90 seconds you get to pretend to fly a helicopter or whatever? Yeah. That was the best. And I still want to do that, too. Like, I'm like, I don't think I'll ever lose the interest in one. I mean, I know I can't physically do those things and fit in those things, but part of me will always want to do those things. A couple years ago, we went to a country fair to see a demolition derby, and it was just... uh, pay whatever you pay to get in it was pretty reasonable i think but whatever you pay 15 bucks to get in and you get all the rides as well Hmm. and i was heartbroken because we weren't allowed to go on the (laughs) merry-go-round it was just for kids and i was like what i thought merry-go-rounds were for everybody could you fit on it it looked like a real merry-go-round but they said it was only for kids up to 10 or something like that you know Uh, well okay also how did they figure that one out a 13 year old can't go on there like i don't yeah they're like if you're over 80 pounds, 100 pounds. You're like, nope, you can't do it. But we went on like the big scary rides. But it's stuff like that where you're like, you're a kid just going on a merry-go-round, spinning around in circles a couple times. You're like, yeah, this is the best. Yeah, no, I kind of want to do that now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not allowed to do that. Like, I'm definitely not going to wherever you went. That sounds like buzzkill central. (laughs) Okay, so we have a short week this week because the holiday break gets in the way. And we have a bunch of rentals. So let us chat about the four movies we have the week of Friday, December 22nd. Excellent. We have two new films. One is uh, an international film called Society of the Snow. And even before I knew what this was about, I just looked at the poster and I went, is this a movie that is about the same subject that Alive was back a couple decades ago? Oh, no. And it is. Oh, gee. So it's the same, based on the same story, basically? Yeah. Okay. The difference, though, is is I kind of didn't realize this, is that I think Alive was kind of a fake-out, Americanized version. That wouldn't shock me at all. Because this is Spanish with English subtitles, and it's a rugby team. Where, if I remember correctly, Alive was a soccer team. Oh, that could be. Yeah, it's it's all kind of... Because I was too young for I think it was 91? Yeah, was... I saw it at the theater, and it was... Oh, I remember man. being freaked out, but it was good. So this movie is a Spanish film, Mill Valley Film Fest, and Middleburg Film Fest Audience Award winner. I think it's getting some buzz for Best International Picture at the Oscars. Damn. And then we have Maestro, the new film from Bradley Cooper, which is very much getting a lot of buzz. Oh, yeah. It's already up for at least one Golden Globe. Yeah. Possibly more. I know we weren't really talking about that, but still. I really like Bradley Cooper. He still seems to have a love of the game because there's weird stuff. Like, he'll show up as a cameo in the Dungeons & Dragons movie. But then still do like a highbrow movie like Maestro. So he clearly isn't too snobbish to do kind of fun little uncredited stuff like that. Yeah. And he was so good as the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Really won me over because when he got cast as that, I love Rocket Raccoon. I have a tattoo of Rocket Raccoon. And I was like, I don't know. He seems kind of too kind of nice guy. To me, Rocket would be kind of a gruff voiced Kurt Russell or Michael Keaton or something like that. Yeah. And he was really good. And then with A Star is Born, he kind of proved that he could be, I don't know, almost like the way someone like Clint Eastwood or George Clooney went from being a actor to a real respected filmmaker. Yeah. And also Ron Perlman would have been a good Rocket Raccoon. He would have been a good Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Again, you know, Bradley Cooper's done well, but just yeah. if we're yelling out names. But Meister looks really good. The trailer is really kind of epic and of course musical sounding the flashbacks are in black and white which is neat Hmm. little under the radar not even executive produced it's full-on produced by martin scorsese and steven spielberg huh so those are a couple of pretty big name bosses to have on the set 
And it was is this a Netflix film? It is. Both of those are Netflix films, actually. Huh. That's the world we live in now where we will get these kind of big ticket films for a week because they want to get those Oscar nominations and then it will go on to Netflix. But we still do pretty well with them because there's enough of a crowd out there who wants to see this on the big screen in the same way, as I've said before, if your favorite band comes to town or going out to a restaurant, you want to leave the house to do something. So it's weird that, yeah, both those movies are Netflix movies. Mm -hmm. So then we have a couple of retro classics. First up, this is funny. We're screening John Waters' Female Trouble. I love John Waters. Yeah. This, Lee popped this in. I kind of forgot about this. The first 15 minutes of this movie is a Christmas movie. Oh. So it's kind of stands on its own as an awesome John Waters movie, but it is under that long argued that people with too much time on their hands like to argue about what is and what is not a Christmas movie. But this counts because it has 15 minutes of a Christmas scene in it. Ironically, I was just telling you about one of my favorite movies, which is Christmas Evil, which yep. is a Christmas horror movie, which is John Waters' favorite I don't know if it was favorite Christmas movie or favorite Christmas horror movie or however he said it. I think he said it was his favorite Christmas movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's amazing. And I was like, yeah, Fiona Apple's dad stars in it. And it's uh, 1980, I think. And I just love it. It's so good. And Josh has never seen it. And I yep. was just like, so it, it was fun. I, I forgot about the John Waters tie into that. And then we've got this film festival and you mentioned Christmas. So it's all, it's full. all yeah. coming together. We did it. <laughs> My dream is to have John Waters come and do a speaking engagement at the Mayfair. Yeah. The problem is we might be too small. It's kind of the problem we have with such things where if you can go to a venue of 900 seats for a one night only thing or a venue of 325 seats. Yeah. It's tough where you're like, well, if Kevin Smith gets away with charging $75 a ticket at a 1000 seat venue in Ottawa, what the hell would he have to charge here? You know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say you'd have to charge like a hundred bucks if you had John Waters here just because of how much smaller it is. And, exactly. You know, but maybe we could get somebody like that to stick around for a couple nights or do back-to-back -back shows or something but yeah. i know they would love us but i i understand the issue yeah definitely but uh, and then finally this week screenings before and after our little break we have gremlins the cornerstone 1980s christmas movie that no that's not true because diehards <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say i think of them as such different movies because gremlins almost strangely feels like a family film yeah. because there's kids in it and a cute dog and a family and Die Hard is more R-rated even though bizarrely Gremlins is PG because it was part of that whole PG PG-13 fiasco. Yeah, and where... some would say that Die Hard's not a Christmas movie. So technically, if that were true, then the first thing you said is yeah, true. Yeah, but I, am, I will die on the hill that <laughs> yeah. both those are Christmas movies. Yeah, I was just trying to save you from yourself there. Uh, it didn't work. <laughs> a fool. But Gremlins is so good. It's very... It's so well of its time where if it had been made even just a few years later... Uh, imagine if it had been made in the early mid-90s instead of the 80s. It would be a bunch of CG Gremlins running around. Yeah. And that it is all practical gremlins. And I have nothing against CG. I'm not a nerd who been like, oh, CG ruined cinema. But there's a scene in, in a cinema in Gremlins where there must be 200 gremlins. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of it is, I know they did this trick sometimes with the Muppets in the background where it'd be like six gremlins on a stick. Yeah. And right. one person just kind of shaking it, yeah, you know. Or a mirror or some kind of, yeah. there's always a trickery, you know. But 
there was a lot of puppeteers in that scene with a gremlin on each hand. Yeah. Well, and kind of related to some of what you're saying, I just watched, I'd never seen the whole movie, but I just watched Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah. First time. And speaking of that was one of the last ones that had matte paintings in the background as opposed to CGI or just yeah, studio or yeah. whatever. Also that it was PG and my wife was, the reason we watched it is because she remembered watching it as a kid too young, like eight or nine maybe. And she remembered the, you know, sexy scenes with Madonna and they were like, the young girls were just like, oh, oh, you know, you shouldn't be watching this, you know. And she was committed. She's like, there's no way that was PG because, you know, she was topless in it. Or so she said, I don't really, I don't think I, maybe, I don't know. I'm trusting my wife on this, but I didn't think there was a topless scene in it. Maybe there was. I don't think she's topless, but I think there's some racy Madonna attire in there. And comments, like some of the dialogue is, a you know. Yeah. But yeah, but it was funny because I was like, oh, well, maybe PG-13 wasn't invented yet. But it was, it had been six years because it was 84, you know. So it's kind of funny, like tying all that together. And all of that having been said, I really enjoyed it. Like it's such a... there's such a Tim Burton Batman influence on that movie. Oh, like, God. it's not even funny. Well, Warren Beatty was totally like, who is the guy who did the music on Batman? Yeah. We want him. Well, and apparently Tim Burton was offered to direct at one point, but yeah. it, but instead he was already doing Edward Scissorhands. Thank God, you know, but... My only complaint of Dick Tracy, which I do like, is Warren Beatty should have had makeup on. Yeah. All the villains have this amazing comic book makeup on. And you look at Dick Tracy in the comics, and he's a brute. He's got this big chin. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a shame that Warren Beatty was too vain, because I think that would have been a lot of fun if he had some comic booky makeup on, too. Yeah. So that's my only complaint. Everything else, the backgrounds, the music, the costumes, everything, I really like. Yeah. Did you notice the scene where he almost legit died? No, no. There's a car explosion, and a door of a car went too far. Yeah. And they left it in the movie, but you could see it is like four feet away from him instead of 40 feet away from him. Damn. Yeah, it almost got him. There's like like a car scene like that in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, where the guy is like right around the garbage day scene. There's like a car racing towards him. And then I guess it's the stuntman. Yeah. But he moves. It's honestly maybe three inches. Oh, God. And he just moves and it doesn't hit him. But you're like, oh, my God, this is a low budget movie. Like, this is real. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. And and what a movie. You know, still, we're not playing that one, though. And Gremlins, just to finish up on that, what I remember is they didn't know what to do with this movie because it was clearly not a kid's movie, but filled with kids' stuff. So it was one of those movies, kind of like the original Dune, I remember, where they had, like, coloring books and read-along records. But Gremlins also had a scene where the mom puts a monster in the microwave and blows it up and stabs one to death with a knife. And so it's one of those weird movies where... It was Steven Spielberg Presents. So it's like, oh, goody two-shoes Steven Spielberg is presenting it. They just didn't know what to do with it. And it did well enough still to garner a sequel, so it did okay. But I always remember that of it having plushy toys and yeah. yet having terrifying moments in it. Well, you could say the same about Dick Tracy to a point. Like, yeah. I mean, that's not really a kid's movie at all. But no. I, I remember all the merch. Like, there was McDonald's, like, the yeah. watches and stuff, I'm pretty sure. And that was totally geared. But it's, like, kind of a dark movie at times. Violent enough, you know, but... And that was the era of all these wannabes that most of them I really like. The Rocketeer, Dick Tracy, Mm -hmm. stuff like The Shadow and The Phantom. All of those they wanted franchises off of. Darkman. Darkman. I mean, you did get, I guess, a franchise, but it's not quite. Yeah, (laughs) but all those movies that they were hoping to be the next Batman, kind of none of them really got off the ground. And it shows you how when that happens, there's always like copycat and it 
kind of never works. Yeah, like that movie Copycat with Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm pretty sure that was Jamie Lee Curtis. I've been wrong a few times recently, so we'll cut. No, Copycat was Sigourney Weaver. Is it? Oof. Well, at least we called me out immediately. <laughs> yeah. But, oh my God. Anyways, don't, we're not you. showing that either. 94, pretty sure. Maybe I'm right about that. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, so we're going to wrap things up. That is our movies for the week of Friday, December 22nd. Society of the Snow, Maestro, Female Trouble, and Gremlins. So we will be closed on the 25th and the 26th, and then we'll see you after that for more movie-going fun. You can check MayfairTheater.ca if you're listening in a timely manner. We're way ahead of schedule and have the calendar up through January 11th just because of distributors being closed and all that kind of stuff. You have to get a head start at this time of year. And we're on the social medias where you can check for very up-to-the-minute updates. We'll be back soon with a post-holiday season edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, and if we can just survive to next week, I think there's some cage on the horizon. Yay. We'll find out. Look, the, the star of Pink Flamingos is here again. It's divine. She's got balls. And she's got female trouble. I'm a thief and a shit kicker, and uh, I'd like to be famous. Dawn Davenport is eating a meatball sandwich right out in class. Here she is, divine as Dawn Davenport, a feisty young high school girl. My parents are going to be real sorry if I don't get them cha-cha heels. Nice girls don't wear cha-cha heels. You know, I'll never wear those ugly shoes. I told you not to love Yes, she had a lot of problems, and she found herself in big female trouble. Well, I just wanted to tell you that I'm pregnant and I want money. Just because you've got them big udders don't mean you're something special. It's hard being a loving mother. I give her free food, a bed, clean underpants. What does she expect? Look in the mirror, Tabby. For 14, you don't look so good. Never have I encountered such a morally bankrupt group of people. Me either. Me If they're smart, they're queer. And if they're stupid, they're straight. Crime enhances one's beauty. The worse the crime gets, the more ravishing one becomes. But I'm going to chop off your scrawny little paw. Watch as Divine performs the most perverse acts ever brought to the screen. I blew Richard Speck. And I'm so fucking beautiful I can't stand it myself. You'll follow Divine's life of sex and crime from its tawdry beginning to its very end. Share the tears and laughter with Divine, Edith Massey as Aunt Ida, and the Pink Flamingos Gang. A new high in low taste. John Waters' Female Trouble. She had a lot of problems. Coming soon from Saliva Films.